Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Hi everyone! So glad you can join us today for some recent mission stories from North Africa. My pen name is Gabriella Lincoln. I am from the U.S. and I work with Adventist Frontier Missions in a strict Muslim country in Northwest Africa. Today I have two stories for you. The first one is called, It's Sunday. I woke up a little after 2 a.m. I realized that I couldn't go back to sleep, so I began my day. I sat at my little green table and read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I asked God to give me this kind of love. This love is to distinguish us as followers of Christ. For devotional time, I focused on the story of the king dividing the sheep and the goats. One lesson especially impacted me. The lesson is that it is wrong not only to do wrong, but also to fail to do right. We should ask God to help us realize our opportunities for doing good. For Bible study time, I focused on the signs given in Matthew 24. I drank several glasses of filtered water. Since I had quite a bit of time, I decided to make bread. I put heated water in a bowl with yeast and honey. In another bowl, I mixed whole wheat flour, sorghum flour, cornmeal, oats, and salt. I ate breakfast. Since I needed a place to knead the bread, I washed my study tabletop with soap and water. It was covered with tan-colored dust from the Sahara. The dust comes in through the windows. I mixed the yeast mixture with the flour and then kneaded the dough for 20 minutes on the little table. It was a little chilly in the room for bread making, so I made a makeshift double boiler and heated the dough inside a large pressure cooker above the boiling water. After the pressure cooker was warm, I turned off the fire. With the lid on, the dough could rise inside the warmed kettle. When possible, I liked to let bread raise in the sunshine. But now, there was no sun to be seen. It was still dark outside that morning. My oven is missing a knob to turn on the gas. With pliers, I grab and then turn the knobless shaft to turn the gas on and reach down with a long-handled lighter and light the oven. The dough rose in bread pans in a warmed oven for a second raising. I'm thankful the oven temperature stabilized at a good level for the baking. A little after 8.30 a.m., the baking was completed. It was time to pray. Using Bible promises, I prayed for the local people. I prayed for our local team, for those overseas, and for myself. It is such a blessing to use the Word of God in prayer. 
I have a notebook where I write special promises I claim for individuals. For example, Oh, visit me with your salvation. Psalm 106.4 Oh Lord, I pray, please visit Zainabu with your salvation. Draw her to Christ, precious Savior. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is no other. Isaiah 45.22 O Lord, I pray, you are calling Abu, saying, Look to me, Abu, for I am God, and there is no other. May Abu turn to you. It was 10 a.m., time for my French tutoring lesson with Ella. She arrived and we began with prayer. I practiced my French by relating a summary of the sermon I heard yesterday at church. I'm thankful for her kindness. She gives me good ideas for language practice. Language learning is hard work. We worked together for an hour and a half. After lunch, I prepared to go and visit a sick child in the hospital. I picked out my emerald-colored veil from the closet. My bed makes a good ironing board. After making sure the knots in the veil were going to hold, I put the knots over my shoulders and wrapped the three-yard material around me, up over my head and down over to the side. My friends Khadija and Gamila phoned me. They were waiting at the front gate. On the way to the hospital, we stopped and bought a plate of hot food for the little patient. Khadija explained to me that the orphan boy was maybe 10 years old. He didn't live in the big city, but in a small village in the Sahara Desert. He had had multiple infections, but since hospitals are not well-liked by the village people, there was a delay in bringing him in. He was nearly unconscious when he arrived. One of the lead doctors came to his bedside and ordered a blood transfusion. Khadija, Gamila, and I climbed the dark staircase inside the hospital and entered the patient's room. He shared it with four other pediatric patients. What a blessing to see the boy standing up by his bed. We visited and gave him the food. We had funds for his medical costs. However, the relative responsible for the boy wasn't there, so we couldn't leave the money. We decided to return later in the day. Back at home, I hand-washed some laundry and enjoyed some good phone time with my family. We returned to the hospital later that afternoon and gave the funds for the boy's care. On our drive home, the sun was setting. I gazed out the window and began thinking about the future and the challenges looming before me. Some situations are so difficult. I prayed for God's guidance and strength, and he strengthened me with a thought, just one day at a time. I told God, You said, Do not worry, so I choose not to worry, but I need strength to keep me from worrying. I claim the promise, Stand fast in liberty. Christ has made us free. Galatians 5.1 My friend Gamila was not feeling well, so that evening I went to her home to give her a hydrotherapy treatment to her sinuses with a hot foot bath. I heated a kettle of water on the stove and put a plastic tarp on the floor and then a sheet. 
When everything was ready, we prayed for her health and for God's blessing on the hydrotherapy treatment. Then she put her feet in the basin of hot water. I dipped a small towel into the kettle of hot water and then squeezed it out. Using a dry folded towel, I folded it to the shape of her forehead and cheeks. Next came the hot wet towel and another dry towel on top. We did three rounds with the hot and cold. Then she rested. I cleaned up and organized the hydrotherapy supply. Gamela's family asked me to stay overnight with them, and I agreed. It was their dinner time, at nearly 8.30 p.m. We had a dinner of French bread sandwiches, sliced tomatoes, boiled egg, and cubed avocado. They also had tuna with mayonnaise. They gave me a large sandwich. Before bed, I listened to a Bible chapter on my phone. Then I prayed and asked God to live in my heart. I need His wisdom and strength and grace. I thank God for the many people who are praying for the mission work here. There are millions in this nation who need Christ. I know God has a plan to reach them. We are watching to see what He will do and seeking to be more effective workers with Him. I know God will be victorious in this land. Good night. God will be victorious. And he invites you to join in this great commission to save people in all nations, languages, tribes, and people groups. So, now that you've been thinking about it, would you like to be an effective witness for God among the unreached? And work side by side with Gabriella Lincoln and other missionaries to bring the victory of salvation to those who have never before heard the good news of Jesus? Well, then why not join Adventist Frontier Missions and become an overseas missionary? These mission stories you hear each week are an invitation for you to join in that great work of saving the lost. To find out how you can become a missionary with us, open your browser to afmonline.org and select the Serve tab. That's afmonline.org and then click on Serve. Or simply call 800-YES-4AFM to speak with a recruiter. That's 800 yes the number four, AFM. Now it's time for our second story. Gabriella calls this story Tallow's Life Providence Unfolding. Baguette? Tallow pleaded with outstretched hand. His sorrowful eyes looked up at the woman, coming from the market, carrying a sack of delicious food. Tallow was a seven-year-old boy. His family sent him to live with a Quranic teacher. Every day at 6 a.m. his teacher held class. He taught his students Arabic and drilled them in recitation of the Quran. After a 40-minute class, the boys were sent into the city for the rest of the day. They begged for food so that they could have something to eat. 
they begged for coins to give to their teacher. If they didn't bring back enough money at the end of the day, the teacher would be very upset and would hit them. Our teacher never liked us, Talil said. After five years with his teacher, Talil could fully recite the Quran. Then Talil was sent to another school for further study in Arabic. When he was about 18, he went to a North African country for deep Islamic research. While there, in God's providence, Talil's roommate invited him to a Christmas Eve church service. He was impressed with the singing, praying, and dancing. This is good, he thought. Tal asked his friend, Can I have a Bible? I've never seen one. His roommate gave him a French Bible. Tal read Genesis and John. He requested a Bible in Arabic. After reading Genesis and John in Arabic, he decided to leave Islam and his advanced Islamic studies. However, he didn't become a Christian. He moved to another North African nation and began a successful business. At this time, he read the whole Bible in both French and Arabic. Then, Talil found a copy of the Bible in his own native African language. He read Genesis and all the New Testament. Talil said, Directly, I came to Christ. He was baptized into the Christian faith. Shortly after this, he began sharing the gospel with individuals in his Muslim community. He also attended many Christian evangelistic training sessions, called seminary trainings. Then, one friend told the police about Talal's activities. Talal was arrested and spent six months in prison. After this, Talal was sent back to his own country. He attended several Christian churches in his homeland. One prisoner sent him to a West African country to a Bible college for two years of mission training. While there, someone gave Talil the contact information for the Seventh-day Adventist church in his home country. He went back to his homeland and began attending. He read the 28 fundamental beliefs and said, This is biblical. He accepted this faith and joined the Seventh-day Adventist church. Talal began working for the conversion of Muslims in his home country on his own initiative. At this time, he became an Adventist Frontier Mission local worker and given a stipend. In AFM team meetings, he heard the concept of using the Quran as a bridge to draw Muslims to the Bible. Yes, he thought. Now, this manner of evangelism helps me so much, he says. People are amazed as they see truth unfolding in this manner. At least four people came to Christ last year through Talal's ministry. More want to come to Christ, but are afraid of the response from their families and society. Talal reaches out to children, teens, and parents through his language schools, nutrition center, and neighborhood cleanup ministry. These are his means of gaining access to many people. In his schools, he tells stories of biblical prophets. Many people here like hearing about the prophets. He also gains access to many people through his ability in French, Arabic, English, and four other African languages. When a man has a spiritual interest, 
Talal talks and prays with him. As they read passages from the Quran, Talal points out its message concerning the Holy Bible and Jesus. When the person is ready to hear more, Talal shares connecting Bible passages. They may read through a book of the Bible together over several meetings. In this manner, people are being led to a fuller knowledge of God and His truth. Talal comes from a family line of imams. They are well known and respected for their leadership in Quranic knowledge. Talal says, I know, if God had not changed my life, he shook his head, my life would have been very different now. I would have been on the Islamic Religious Committee that makes decisions for this country. He says, I used to smoke, now I do not. In the past, if someone hit me, I'd hit them back. Not now. God has changed my life. He loves me too much. Being a diligent student of the Quran in his childhood and of the Bible in his manhood, God has been preparing Talal all the way. Talal is doing work now among his own people group that no one else is doing. He is the first man in his country to become a Seventh-day Adventist. The gospel is desperately needed in this unreached region of the world. The need is so extensive, colossal, and vast. It nearly cannot be measured. As an Adventist Frontier Mission local stipend worker, Talal needs financial support so he can dedicate his time and energies to ministry. If you would like to be a prayer and financial partner in this work, it will make an eternal difference. Sahara Outreach is a special fund for local needs of AFM Sahara Project. Donations can be labeled Sahara Outreach. For the Lord will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. My salvation is near. My salvation has gone forth. The coastlands will wait upon me, and on my arm they will trust. Isaiah 51, 3-5 If you would like to support the Sahara Project, simply go online to afmonline.org and select Missionaries from the top tab. That's afmonline.org. Thank you for helping to seek and save the lost. That's all we have for this time. Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal. God bless.